My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we're live with The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Domini Drew, and uh, I have a great show for you planned out today. Um, if you're new to the show, by all means, welcome. Um, I'm here with you live uh, on Facebook, so you're welcome to tune in with me there. If you hear me making comments to people who write in, then that is what I'm doing as opposed to talking myself like a crazy person. That's what I do whether people are commenting or not. So if this is your first time tuning in the show, then by all means, welcome. Um, uh, if you know me, then you know that I, I specialize in, in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And uh, I really go into a lot of that coaching here. Um, sometimes I pull uh, experiences from or stories from my current clients. You know, we... <clears throat> They experience really uh, incredible results working with me. Uh, I'm very happy to say, and um, and you know, often it's it's really useful to see what it is that people are going through, um, uh, who are really all, all on the same path. You know, the structure of uh, the work that I do, I teach an, an online course, um, and once people are are in that course, I do weekly group coaching calls, and I. Um, and in those calls, you know, we really go deep into not so much, you know, dating tips and tricks or what to say to pick up women, but really like on the deeper levels, how are you holding yourself back from what you want, right? So the work isn't even really uh, that specific to, uh, to dating. It's really about, um, you know, self-sabotage, you know, where do you hold yourself back from what you want, right? And uh, and once you know that, you know, what do you do about it, right? So it's not just about sort of identifying the problem, but <clears throat> but really seeing, um, you know, what are the steps, right? What do you need to do to, um, to stop self-sabotage? How do you even recognize it in the first place, right? Hi, guys. Hi, sweetheart. Got a couple of clients on here now um, tuning in to, uh, to the Facebook Live. So thank you so much, you guys, for doing that. And, uh, you know, if, if you guys have a, have a uh, question, whether you're a client of mine or you're just listening to the show, uh, if you would like to call in and ask a question, I would love to hear from you, okay? Uh, the number for that is 828-333-4686. Uh, again, that's 828-333-4686. And I would be happy to chat with you about, you know, what it is that you're struggling with, whether that's, you know, related to our topic today or not. Uh, what I tend to, um, what I tend to do with these, um, with these sessions is really to, <clears throat> is really to help you guys, uh, identify your unique issue, right? What is going on, um, for, for you that's, that's keeping you single that you don't realize that you're doing, right? So, um, so if you, if you'd like to call in, you know, uh, the, the sort of topic that I have uh, planned out for you guys today has to do with emotional unavailability. Um, but if you're a frequenter of the show, then you know that I, I tend to um, change topics uh, in the middle and tend to follow the flow. So sometimes we end up talking about what we're supposed to talk about and sometimes not. Uh, and that's always just been a, a nice way for, for me to work. That's sort of how it tends to flow for me naturally. So that's always good. Um, so... <clears throat> So again, I really do, you know, work on those, those deeper levels, right? And the reason I do that is because that's where the problem lies. So a lot of people um, will, uh, you know, think that, 
you know, if only I knew what to say to a woman, then my, my problems would be gone. Um, and that's really because your, your brain, your conscious mind is working really hard to figure out what the problem is and fix it. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, if, if you've been single for a long time, and a lot of the people that I work with have been single for a really long time, then, you know, if, if it were something that if the problem, if the thing that were keeping you single were something that you could fix with your brain, right, with your conscious mind, um, you would have done it by now, to be honest. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, if you needed to get out more or, you know, if you were approaching the wrong women or, you know, that would be obvious. You know, you would be able to tell. If you can't tell what the problem is, then that means the problem is uh, subconscious. You know, it means that the problem is um, it exists on a, on a deeper level of yourself. And by definition, you're, you're not able to access that. Um, so what I help people do, um, both through this podcast and, and uh, much more intensively with, with really spectacular results in my work, in my um, coaching, a coaching call. Yeah, Nathaniel, you're welcome to call in. It's, it's, uh, it's absolutely free. Um, doesn't cost anything to call in. Uh, if you have the number there, if you need it again, let me know. Um, and so to do that, um, um, what, you know, what, what we do, what we do in the, in the course is, is we, we really look into, um, what it is that's, that's happening underneath the surface. We bring it to the conscious mind because until we do that, again, you're not able to fix the problem, right? It's, it's by definition unfixable, right? So until you can actually define the problem, right? Because right now what's happening is you're wandering around in your dating life and honestly, probably in other areas of your life, but even if it's just in your dating life, you know, you're, you're wandering around trying to, you know, kind of blind, right? Trying to solve a problem that you can't even define. So the first step is to bring the, the, the problem to awareness, right? So when you work with me, um, what happens is you, you know, within a matter of weeks, no matter how many years you've been struggling with your issue, within a matter of weeks, and honestly, it's usually within a matter of days, um, the people start working with me, they, they already know exactly what they're doing that's keeping them single, you know, and exactly what to do to fix it. I mean, that happens within a matter of hours once they, they get on the phone with me. So, um, so that's a really powerful thing because now we've got a problem that we can solve, right? So if, for example, you know, you have a really hard time approaching women, you experience anxiety, right? Things like that. Um, and you, uh, you know, and you, and you have no idea how to fix it, right? I mean, that's something where you would actually have identified the problem, right? Um, but if you, you have that, you kind of fear and you're like, I don't know how to approach women. It's, it's impossible for me to do it. Da, da, da. Then, you know, we look underneath the surface. Great. What is it that happens in that moment when you see that woman that creates such fear and anxiety, right? And let's say for you, it's, you know, a fear of rejection. Okay. Well, if you think about it, getting rejected by a woman, just that thing in itself, that event in itself, is not a petrifying experience, right? Someone who, um, someone who, um, you know, experiences that. Let's say, you know, if 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 there's a somebody coming at you with a knife, right, um, or you're trapped in someone's basement and they're, you know, threatening you, you're tied up and they're going to take your skin off. That is a petrifying experience, right? That is a hugely <laughs> terrifying fear-based thing, right? A woman telling you no does not in any way threaten your safety, okay? There's nothing evolutionarily in that that would cause you to... Um, <clears throat> that would cause you to experience such fear. So what that says is that there's something else going on, okay? Um, you're experiencing that fear with respect to approaching women, but it doesn't make logical sense to our adult conscious minds, right? So that means that the problem lies elsewhere, okay? So then what we do is we start working backwards. Great. What is it <clears throat> that really happens for you in that moment and we, and we start diving into your subconscious. And what we're able to do when we, when we get there is find the illogical but very strong fears 
of what you think might happen. And that's based just about always in things that happened when you were a child. So, um, so, you know, we have experiences in, uh, at a young age, right? Um, whether they were traumatic experiences or not to our adult mind is irrelevant. Every child has a, a primary wounding that they experience at a very young age. And that age can, can, uh, can change, right? Um, depending on, you know, when it happened for you. And it doesn't need to be anything that, again, doesn't need to be abuse or neglect or um, abandonment. <clears throat> Although, of course, those things can absolutely um, cause you know, these kinds of trauma. But it could be, you know, um, what essentially it, it is, is it's, it's the, the, the child perceiving its life as being threatened. Okay. And, um, that can happen quite easily. How hard does it threaten the life of a child? Right. I mean, they're literally defenseless. So, um, so, it, you know, a wounded can happen quite easily. That's why it doesn't need to be something like, uh, like trauma. You're like, no, there's nothing wrong in my childhood. I had a great childhood. It doesn't matter. I had a great childhood too. And I spent the next 15 years finding <laughs> ways in which I'd, I'd been damaged in one way or the other. And that's okay because moving through that allows me to become more of myself. And that's what this process is really about. So that you're able to approach a woman um, confidently, you know, feeling clear, feeling clear and confident about who you are, and able to, you know, to 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 approach without fear, right? So, so let's use the example of emotional unavailability. Okay, so what is it that's happening here? If if you're emotionally unavailable, then there's a part of you that has shut down. Okay. Um, something that does not want to be open and loving and giving and exchanging freely with another person. Okay. Some piece of you that's afraid to do that. Okay. So first thing, um, or, or, or unwilling to do that, right. It doesn't necessarily need to be fear-based. It could be that like, you know, people have screwed me over in the past and I'm not doing that anymore. If you peel back the layers enough, however, there's always fear like, oh God, I'm going to get hurt again. Okay. It's underneath the anger of, you know, these people always treated me badly. Ask yourself, what's underneath the anger? You know, if you're always frustrated, you know, if you're always mad at your ex, or you're always angry at women, or you're always, um, you know, mad at yourself. Okay. What's underneath the anger? If you take the anger away, what happens? Okay. So when we do defend ourselves, there are a couple of different ways that we do it. Um, really anything can be a defense. It's really, it's less about the thing itself and more about um, the energy behind it. Okay. So even love, well, quote, love can be uh, a defense. Okay. That used to be a favorite of mine. So uh, essentially, I would be, uh, you know, I was very, I'm a very loving person. That's a, one of my, what I call core qualities. Um, and uh, instead of, um, you know, loving in a, in a healthy way, when I felt like someone didn't like me and I, I like needed people to like me, um, I would sort of over love them, right? Or I would, I would become a major people pleaser. And that sort of distorted, right? It was, that's a gift of mine is loving. And so when I felt threatened or when I, you know, I, I got nervous, I would overdo that, uh, that quality. And it, and it would be, and that's, that's, that's what we call a defense. Um, but it could also be a fight, right? People who get aggressive. Um, if you default to, um, to fighting, you know, if, if, you know, anything that goes wrong, your, uh, initial reaction is that you get pissed off. Okay. You're a fight person. Okay, that is your default. Chances are your core qualities are along the lines of, you know, leadership, strength, um, clear boundaries, um, decisiveness, honor, things like that, all excellent qualities, right? Um, and then your distortions will be uh, aggression, um, uh, rigidity in your boundaries, um, distortion of power, overuse of power, um, fighting when you don't need to, things like that. Um, so there's a fight response or there could be a flight response, which is like, you know, you may not literally run away, but energetically you're, you kind of do, right? Like, you know how people are kind of uh, not quite there or have like vacant eyes. Um, you can tell when a person is what I call, you know, present or not, right? You can tell when someone's in their body. 
Um, if you're thinking about something as far away or if you're always distracted, then you're not in your body. You're not present. Um, if you're the type of person who, um, if you're the type of person who tends to, um, <laughs> just forgot the example that I was giving. That was a, that was actually a really good one. Um, oh, if you're the type of person who tends to say things like, oh my God, it's already January. Gosh, where did the year go? And you actually mean that shit? Man, to me, that is fucking crazy town. Okay, that is crazy to me that people are like, oh my God, can you believe it's already August? Yes, because July just happened. Where were you for that? Like, why are you surprised that po- the time is passing? To me, that says that you're not present, which is a little alarming, guys, because it means that you're missing your life. If you're one of those guys who like, oh, I woke up when I was 40, man, that shit is terrifying to me. That's terrifying that you would wake up, quote, wake up one day and realize that half your life is gone. You think you're getting that shit back? So like, it might be scary to like live in a present way in your life, but there is literally, there's nothing more worthwhile because otherwise you're, you're, you're missing life, you know? And look, I mean, you know, this can be easier said than done, but um, it's really, it's, it's really important really important. You know, it doesn't matter how successful you are, how loved you are, or how much sex you have, or, you know, whether you spend your time doing whatever you, it's like, if you're not there for it, you know, if you're living kind of a half-lived life, you know, for me, that's a, that's a personal nightmare. It is actually, um, like, like living the life of, you know, if you guys have seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? The movie with the, with the, the two spies and they live this like total normal um, suburban life. Um, and they have these, you know, wild, uh, you know, hidden lives underneath. But that like suburban life, nothing wrong with the suburbs objectively. But for me, it's like, that's, that's not what I want. So that, that's, that's like a fear of mine, you know, or it was for a long time, you know, now I just know that I can choose something else. But for a long time, I was like afraid of, of like ending up that way, you know, because to me that the stereotype of that represents this like half lived life, you know, you're not like, you know, powerfully living in the suburbs, like, yeah, I'm like making a stand and I travel around the world and I, you know, I, I change people's lives and like, that's the kind of life that I want. So for, to me, to me <laughs> having somebody else, you know, having that, that sort of life being compared to is, you know, it was, was scary for me. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what that kind of represents for me is if you're, if you're not present, then like time's gonna, time's gonna pass and it's just not gonna, you know, nothing's gonna come of it. Right. So, um, so if that, if that resonates for you, you know, there's, there are practices that help you get into your body, but let's, let's talk for a minute why people aren't in their body. Okay. Because being human is like a a messy, you know, dirty kind of fucked up experience. Right. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing things. There's, you know, beautiful passion and eroticism and art and, you know, beauty and nature and human connection and, and incredible things. And there's also like pain and terror and, um, you know, petrifying fear. And it's all kind of wrapped up in one, right? So, you know, what tends to happen is, you know, in these young experiences, when we have these wounding experiences, we, um, we make certain assumptions or decisions about life. And those, those form into what we call beliefs, okay? And uh, I say this a lot on here, but it's very important to make this distinction between um, beliefs and thoughts, okay? Um, so I, you know, just in the last episode, I... I um, use the example of like, you, a thought is like, you'd like to have a sandwich for lunch. And if you can't have a sandwich for lunch, then like, oh, it's a shame. And then within a matter of, of days, you've forgotten that you ever, you know, need a sandwich for lunch. So it's, it's much more easily changed. Okay. A belief is something that you, you really believe to be true. Um, and it, it's lodged very deeply in the subconscious. And so what they, what happens is that they, um, they then are operating always underneath the surface of your, uh, of your, um, your awareness. 
Okay. So, you know, you, uh, you want to approach a woman and, um, instead of being able to really just confidently approach her, you're, you know, you're kind of running the other way, um, or assuming that she's, you know, she's not going to like you. That's how, you know, there's an underlying belief. Okay. Because again, approaching a woman is not a terrifying experience, (laughs) objectively speaking. So if there's terror there, and then that's eliciting something in you that's not logically appropriate for that situation. It is, however, very real. So um, we're, there, there's no judgment here, right? Um, you know, you, uh, we all have our, we all have our stuff. We all go through it. Um, and you know, it's important to to see that this is really um, illogical in the sense of. Um, there's obviously something, you know, that's what points to the fact that there, there's an image or there's a belief underneath the surface, okay? Um, someone comes at you with a knife and you react with, with fear and terror, that makes sense. If a woman, you know, asks you for the time and you find you're unable to speak, there's something else going on, okay? So how do you find out what it is that's going on? So Essentially, here's, here's a fantastic exercise. I think everybody in the world should do this exercise. Um, write down in a list form everything that's ever gone wrong in your entire life. Whatever it is. I got divorced. Um, this one time the guy forgot my order and brought me something I was allergic to and I was late for this. You know, whatever it is, many things that you can think of. Make the list as long as you want. And then when you're done or when you just sort of feel complete, then look at the list and see if you can find the patterns, okay? Just let it be casual and easy. Just look at it and see, I wonder what these things have in common, okay? And you will find incredible patterns, okay? And then you dive into the pattern. So I ask people on their initial call with me whether or not, um, you know, what it is that they're struggling the most with in their dating life. And often they're like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. And so I go, okay, well, what is it that keeps happening? Something is happening in your dating life that you're unhappy with, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be on the phone with me. So what is it that keeps happening in your life that's caused you to be single until whatever age you are now? You know, I get repeatedly rejected. I keep attracting the wrong women over and over again. I, um, you know, I get in relationships and they're great for six months and then they're gone. Okay. That's fine. So find the overlying pattern. Okay. And, uh, and then just sit with it. Just sit with it. Uh, a lot of this work is in the realization. If you knew what the problem were was, you would already be fixing it, right? So a lot of this is just noticing. You know, it's not like, oh God, I just women just don't like me, right? Yes, women don't like you. It, it's fine that you're perceiving that. But what is that exactly that happens? You know, um, I. I start chatting with a woman and we get along fine. And then when I ask her for her number or I show romantic interest, then she doesn't, she doesn't want to engage anymore. Okay, great. There's the pattern, the actual pattern. What actually physically happens in your life that's left you single at this point in your life, right? I do everything right and I just don't get any results. Okay. So you can see how there are things that are, that are happening. So for example, if your issue is that, uh, you know, what I just said around, um, uh, you know, a woman not, not wanting you, right? Or as soon as you getting stuck in the friend zone, right? I've done total whole episodes on that. Um, so everything's fine and women actually really like you a lot until you show romantic interest and then they bail. Oh, that's interesting. So then if you were working with me, we would really dive underneath, um, underneath, the, uh, underneath the surface, right? What is happening underneath the surface that um, that's causing women to, to to turn in their affection at that point, okay? Causing them to reject you at that point. And, 
And it will be something, you know, and, and so we'll work underneath and an example of what might lead to that reaction so that you guys kind of understand what we're doing is there will be an underlying belief like, nobody wants me. Or I'm not enough. Or I'm unlovable. Undesirable. And you can hear that these are very simple. And if you'll notice, if you'll pay attention, very childlike statements. Okay? I'm not enough or I'm unlovable is a very childlike phrase, right? An adult probably wouldn't phrase it that way. They might, but probably not, right? There's a little bit more complexity. Well, they just don't find me attractive. Well, a kid wouldn't say that, right? So, when you get down to these really deep underlying statements, because these were formed at such young ages, they tend to be these sort of wide overarching statements. And these are the, the, the assumptions that you have, um, that you have grown up with. And you literally form yourself around them. You literally grow around them because you've believed them for your entire life. They shape your body. Did you know that? Beliefs shape your body. So if you're trying to lose weight and you can't, like you genuinely can't, even with help, even with, you know, um, going to the gym or working with trainers or whatever, and it's just not coming off, check and see what you're holding on to emotionally. I uh, used to carry a lot more weight on my body, actually. And I did, I've been done this work for a long time. And I, when I started doing it, um, I did it for a while. I was carrying a huge amount of responsibility for other people. That comes with the people pleasing, right? That I met earlier. It's like, oh, I'm responsible for how you feel about me. What? How on earth am I responsible for whether or not you love me? I have no control over whether or not a person loves me. And it's literally something I, I cannot possibly, uh, you know, influence. I mean, I can certainly be nice, but it doesn't mean you're going to love me, does it? That's up to you. It's your choice to love me or to not. But the, the fallacy there, the, the thing that I was believing that was inaccurate um, was uh, that I had to take responsibility for how people uh, saw me. So I carried that responsibility for everyone else's emotions. What? <laughs> not only is it by definition out of my control, truly, but it's not my job. It is neither my job nor my right to control how people see and receive me. Which, by the way, is not the same thing as being like, fuck what other people think. That's a fuck you, which is going to create a negative reaction in other people because it's designed to create a negative reaction in other people. So when people are like, I'm going to be who I am and fuck everybody, you can if you want, but that's not going to lead to happy connection in your life. It's not going to lead to happiness. It's not going to lead to relationships. Um, that's, that's a defense to keep you from getting hurt. Because if you're loving and vulnerable, then there's a chance that you might get hurt. And there is. There, there is pain in the world, folks. But that's not distortion and defense. There just is. People die. That's awful. Especially if you like those people. You know, trees get cut down in massive numbers. That makes me, that causes a lot of pain in me, you know. And so, um, you know, and so there, there are sort of things that happen. Now, you know, the, the, the tree example is something that I can kind of do something about. For example, I use this um, search engine uh, browser called Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A, and they plant trees when you browse. It's exactly the same as Google. I haven't noticed one single difference. I've used it for a year and they plant trees. You know, it's, it's a, um, I'm not sure if it's a nonprofit. I think it's a nonprofit. And they tell you like how many trees they've planted. So for me, that does not, you know, harm or influence my life in, in, in any way um, negatively. It doesn't, I'm not even doing anything differently. Just install the browser and I'm able to like make an impact that makes me happy. You know, that um, changes the world for, for good in my view, right? So, uh, so there's a difference between sort of, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this because it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to use Ecosia. It makes me feel good to tell other people about it. Um, you know, and, and, and 
And also that doesn't stop, you know, huge amounts of trees from being cut down. So there's a way in which I can um, take steps forward in um, making the world a better place according to me, which is the only way I can make it better, right? Um, And also sort of accept that this is the way the world is going. You know, I'm going to do my part to um, to counteract that and I'll go plant some trees and I'll, um, you know, I'll give to environmental charities and that, that, that's something that I do to, to, to make, um, to make the world better. And also, you know, this is the way the world's going, right? Resources are going fast. That's a fact. So to sort of fight against that, um, in ways other than, as I'm sort of saying here, in ways that bring me joy, um, you know, there's an element of pain in the world. That's not to be avoided. (sighs) Happy lives aren't happy because they don't have pain in them. Okay. You're able to, again, it's, it's like the rejection from the, from the female, right. That elicits so much panic in you. It's, it's, it doesn't need to be that bad of an experience. The reason the rejection from a woman hurts so very much, if that is your pain point is because it's associated with something else way worse in your system. That thing that, you know, that, that belief that you're carrying from when you're a kid. So a woman saying, no, thank you. I'm not really that interested. Um, or I have a boyfriend. No, thank you. Is not a painful experience. Hearing or thinking that you hear, thinking that you hear in the world, someone reflecting back to you that you are not enough which is if you carry that belief, I'm not enough, if that's why you're experiencing rejection from women, then when you get rejected, that will, quote, get confirmed. It's not being confirmed. She has a boyfriend, or she's not your type, you're not her type, or she's just not interested. Who cares? Maybe she's a lesbian. I don't know. Doesn't matter. She's not the one for you, okay? That's okay. There's three and a half billion more. Okay, that's not the problem. The, that wouldn't elicit panic on its own. If you did not have the underlying belief that, let's say, I'm not enough, we're gonna, that's our example, we're going with that. If you truly believed that you were great inside and a woman said she wasn't interested, you'd be like, okay, well, listen, it was great, great chatting with you and, and have a great night. And then, you know, you'd go ask someone else. <laughs> Okay. So the rejection, rejection is not that painful. It's not great, but it's not that painful. The confirmation of your deepest fears is what's so painful. And if your deepest fear is around rejection, then yeah, you're going to experience a lot of, um, a lot of uncertainty, you know, a lot of, of panic and fear and, um, and worry around that particular experience. But can you see how it's not about the women? You know, it's not, a, it's not about dating. It's not about being single. It's not about being male. It's about what happened when you were a kid and how you're still carrying that today. And let me just tell you what, when you drop that shit, okay, when you actually move into a place of, you know, so what we do in, in my work is we go in and we clear those. And I mean, we clear them. They are gone, okay? This is not dating tips and tricks. This is not a self-help book that you, you know, read and you feel a little bit better about yourself, but nothing really changes in your life. This is about reaching way in, okay? And solving the problem from the inside out, okay? Just the way I'm sharing with you here. Because if I I facilitate it, right? I walk you through this process. This is how I'm able to get such incredible results so quickly because, you know, it doesn't take that much time to become aware of it. If you, if you know how to go directly there, directly to the issue, doesn't, it doesn't take that long. Therapy doesn't need to take years on end. More years you do it, the better you'll be. Certainly encourage that, but it doesn't need, that's not what it needs right? So, so when you, when you address the underlying issue, um, if you guys have more questions about exactly, you know, what it is that I do and, and, and how to access it, go to uh, dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. 
Okay. DominiDrew.com forward slash hello. And what that'll do is it'll lead you to a video of me just kind of talking about, you know, who I am and what I do. Um, and at the end, it gives you the chance if you're interested in um, getting on the phone with us, um, me or, or my team. And, um, and we can really look directly at what is it specifically that ho- that's holding you back? You know, um, how long has that been going on? What's that? How has that impacted your life? You know, um, and a lot of people, they, they come on the, they come on the call, um, and they, uh, they have no idea. They never thought about these things. Why would you, you know, it looks like it's just happening to you, but that's the, the victim state, right? And the victim state is a bitch because it doesn't move. Can't get out of the victim. If it's not your fault, there's nothing to fix. There's literally no way for you to fix the problem if it's not, you know, if there's no self-responsibility. So we start there with me. You start there. You got to own your shit. Stop blaming the women. Stop blaming society. Stop, you know, blaming your parents. It's like, none of this serves you, dude. You got to own your shit. You got to step up and, you know, you got to, you got to take responsibility for your piece because that's the only piece you can fix. Okay. So, um, so, so you can see how, you know, while, while rejection might be the issue, it's actually just the symptom, right? So if you're experiencing rejection, um, and there's really that, that, that panic and fear around it, there's most definitely something going on underneath the surface. So how does this relate back to emotional unavailability, right? If you're not emotionally available, and that's, that's a term that people use to describe a, a certain thing, right? Um, the, the term is, oh, they're, they're, not, they're not available emotionally. You know, what I think people are saying when they express that is, I can't feel you. I don't have access to you. You know, like, like what we were saying earlier about people who, who aren't there, um, who are vacant in their eyes, right? You can tell. You know how you can tell if you're talking to somebody whether or not they're listening to you? I mean, really listening. Like they may not be talking or looking away, but like you can kind of see whether or not they're present and really engaged in what you're saying. How do you see that? They could not move and you, can, and you can perceive that, right? Because you're able to tell energetically whether or not a person is there, okay? So if you're in a relationship with someone and they say you're emotionally unavailable, check in with your relationship about vulnerability. How do you feel about vulnerability? Because if someone is emotionally unavailable, usually that will mean that there's a freeze of some kind. There's a, there's a stop, okay? So fight, flight, or freeze are sort of the main defenses that people will tend to use, okay? Um, fight being you're pushing your energy at people. Um, flight being your, your energy's up and out. You're, oh my God, get me out of here. Um, sort of fear-based, right? Uh, uh, fight being anger-based or aggression-based. Uh, and then there's freeze. Okay, and freeze is like when you just stop your energy entirely. And your body can move and you can talk and you can have conversations and everything's fine, but something in you is not moving. I'm mirroring it here on the on the Facebook Live. Maybe you guys can hear it on can hear it on the radio. Um but it really is a, a, a stomp. Okay. And the reason we do things like this, same as as fight or flight, I can't hold it for very long. It's exhausting. Oh man. And I notice as soon as I stop uh, holding, um, or as soon as I stop stopping my energy, um, I breathe. I take a deep breath because it takes effort. You know, it's, it's, it's unnatural. So is fight and fight or or flight. Those are, those are both um, things that, that take more effort because what your system naturally wants to do is is be in a kind of allowing state where you just let life happen. Do you guys ever go in a yoga class and they, and they say things like, um, they say things like, uh, you know, say yes to life, right? Like this is, this is honest to God, <laughs> such a good practice. 
such a fucking good practice. Um, at any point when you're feeling the tightest, slightest bit uh, tense or worried or uncertain or anything, if you just say yes, I mean, you can even just say it in your mind. Just be like, yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is happening. There's, there's just an acceptance of the reality of what it is. And, and interestingly, most of human suffering is around arguing with reality. It's not actually the, the pain, right? Um, I'll use the, the tree example, right? The environmental example. So, you know, the, the factual part about the environmental issue is that, um, you know, we're, uh, it's been a few hundred years and we've used about 50% of, of the world's resources, right? It's an exponential rate, right? Totally unsustainable. That's fact, right? That's not something I'm making up. Um, so, so that's a fact. And, and that makes me um, sad. That causes me pain, okay? Because I, I really like our planet. I mean, the planet will be fine, ultimately. It's, it's, it's us who will, <laughs> who will, in fact, uh, not survive this. Um, but, but still, that causes me pain. That's part of my being, right? You may have something else, right? Um, your, your cause might be, you know, uh, hungry children or, um, you know, um, homelessness or mesothelioma or whatever it is that, you know, really pulls at your heartstrings. So for me, it's, 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 um, it's the resources, our planet. So, so there's, there's a natural pain that sort of causes me. And that's just being vulnerable. That's just some pain of life, right? Sometimes life hurts. I'm seeing this happen. It is the choice of seven and a quarter billion people I have as much influence as I have. I can use Ecosia. That makes that makes a little difference that I can do. But like, you know, I'm not really able um, or or even really inspired to completely turn around that thing on behalf of all seven and a half billion people. So, so there's the the natural pain that causes me, and that hurts for a little while, and then it goes. What would hurt a lot more is if I argue with that reality. And here's how that would look. I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe people use all these, you know, single-use products and then they just throw them away as if they were, you know, as if we have, and we have all this garbage and people don't recycle and, you know, that's planting up in, in landfills and, you know, everything is so, it would be so easy to fix and da 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 And that is endless <laughs> because it doesn't matter. All the things I said don't matter. There was a factual thing I said, we are going through 50% of our resources. There is the emotional reality of that. That hurts me. I, I feel pain with that. It makes me uncomfortable. That's the end of it. That's the end of that interaction. I let it hurt me. Okay? Ouch. Oh, feel the pain of that. Man. Yeah. Okay. That's gone. Minutes. Real reactions in that way when you let something hurt lasts minutes. When you fight the hurt, I can't believe people are doing this. You know, there's recycling right there. I see people putting plastic in the garbage. Don't they realize that plastic doesn't break down hundreds of years? That's me arguing with what people are doing. Like, I can't believe that's happening. They shouldn't be doing that. What the fuck does that matter? What does that even mean they shouldn't be doing that? They are. So, you know, that, that word actually has no meaning. What, what, what people mean when they say that is, I don't agree with the fact that they're doing that. But, but the statement is, I don't agree with that reality because people are doing it, right? That is a, that's a fact also. So, and in doing that, I'm just making myself crazy. And I'm doing that on some level to avoid feeling the hurt of just like, oh man, you know, I, I see my neighbors and they have so much, you know, garbage, their garbage fills up every week and there's no recycling. Man. You know where my, my neighbor, you know, put his, uh, left his truck on for like 15 minutes. I like went over to their house and was like, hey, are you okay? Because you just left his truck running for like a really long time. It's like you're just literally just utterly, you know, useless sort of pollution and this is a thing. So, so again, I can sort of, sort of take those little little steps and, and, and make my little difference in the world. But, but ultimately, it's for me to feel that pain, okay? To argue against it is to start arguing with reality. And, and I can do that endlessly for the rest of my life. And I won't go anywhere. It ends up being like a, a mental hamster wheel, right? 
where you're like, you know, let's bring it back to dating. Okay. So women, women just don't like me. I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, women today, you know, they just want to have sex. Nobody wants monogamy anymore. It's amazing how often I hear that. <laughs> Boy, how times change, huh? Um, but, um, but okay, so it's, so it's all them. This is the same victim mentality. It's like me saying people should recycle. What does that mean? All it does is ruin my day. It doesn't make more people recycle. I didn't say I go out and I, I maybe um, make signs to remind people to recycle. That's a thing that might, in fact, influence whether or not people recycle. Me sitting at home saying they should makes me unhappy and does not do anything for the, for the planet, for the cause. So um, you sitting at home blaming women probably feels really great. You know, there's something called negative pleasure and it probably feels really good to do that. You know, oh man, it's not me, it's the ladies. You know, they, they just, you know, all they want to do is have sex, whatever it is that you experience, right? They just don't like me. They just want me to be their friend. They don't want me to date them. Whatever your pattern is, right? That's a hamster wheel. You will keep going and going and go. You will keep blaming women. It's never going to change because on some level you're, you're looking for it, right? So you're, you're led, you're drawn to women who will not like you because there's something going on underneath the surface that's causing this repeated experience in your life. And that's the problem, not the women and not you, not the, the core of who you are. Women don't reject you because you're unlovable. Women reject you because you think you're unlovable. I'm just going to say that one more time. Women don't reject you because you're unlovable. Women reject you because you believe that you are unlovable. And you, my friend, are a remarkably powerful human being, a remarkably powerful creature. And if you say on some level, especially in the subconscious, if you say that you are unlovable, that is the reality. You make it so. You have no idea how powerful you are. Enough that no matter how handsome and dashing and charming you are, you will still make women reject you. You are more powerful than outward reality, than the physical world. You will influence and make yourself right. That's the purpose of looking at the... At the The list. That's the purpose of, of finding the pattern. To look at the pattern, see what you're getting, and then look underneath that and see what you believe that's getting you those results. That's just the symptom. Rejection is the symptom. It's a data point. It tells you something about what you believe. So when people say things like, I, uh, you know, that you create your own reality, you know, it's like a uh, a buzz phrase now, you know, oh, you create your reality. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, this is what it means. <laughs> this is exactly what it means. If you believe on some deep level that you are unlovable, you will see that everywhere. You will make yourself right. Do not underestimate how powerful you are. You will make yourself right. You know, if you believe there's something wrong with you and you cannot lose weight, that's what's keeping you from losing weight, not your physical body. Your physical body will change based on the beliefs. Mine has hugely, hugely, right? Because my subconscious is more powerful than my physical body. That is a fact. I have seen it work countless times. So, so the point of, of, of finding the pattern Okay, is to see, okay, like what's true about this? I don't know, women, women just keep leaving me. Okay, what's underneath that? You know, what's, what's going on there? And there's a process that I use and I, and I do this with my clients and that's why within, you know, half an hour to an hour of, of working with me, 
they're they're able to see why they've been struggling against reality for for so long, why they've been um, struggling to get what they want and unable to do so. If that is what you're experiencing in your life, this is the solution to it, period. There is nothing, nothing else. This is the thing standing in your way. It's you. (laughs) And that is not the bad news. (laughs) The, The bad news would be if it were women or it were men or it were weight loss, because how the fuck are you supposed to fix those things? You can't fix women. Dear God. What a job. (laughs) You can't fix men. All you can fix is you. And that is the best fucking news (laughs) that you should have heard in your entire life. Because that means that any problem that you ever experience in your life is within your power to fix. So self-responsibility, you know, doesn't need to be something that you're afraid of not a bad thing. That's the good news. The good news is that this is, you know, quote, your fault. (laughs) It's not because you're not doing this consciously, but it is your responsibility. And again, that's the good news because now it's within your power to fix. So, um, so powerful things here, you know, um, again, the, the symptom might be, uh, rejection. Um, it might be anxiety around around people, around women. Um, it might be, you know, that you struggle with sex. It might be that, um, you know, you're, you're, you have a lot of friends, you have a lot, you know, a great social life, but just nobody who like loves you, you know, like no, or no intimacy, no, um, no heart connection, no, not no heart connection, but no uh, romantic, intimate, um, erotic connection, right? So whatever it is that you're experiencing, um, find the pattern, you know, look, look, you make the list, try not to think too hard about it. Let it flow. Trust the process, right? Um, because there's a huge amount of power in that. And then when, when that has been made clear, then you're able to, um, to do something about it. Okay. You're able to find the underlying beliefs. Um, and then when that happens, um, you know, let yourself feel the feelings around them. This is the whole process. I'm giving you all my secrets right here. This is it. This is, this is all I do. All I do. It's profound. It's very, it's wildly transformative, um, and incredibly powerful and pretty simple, you know? So when you do feel that, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not enough. You know, this thing happened when I was a kid and I was told that I wasn't very smart and, So I'm not, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough. Okay. Here's the thing about not being good enough. Okay. That's not a thing. Like if you even think about that phrase, like I bet nobody thus far in the number of times I've said this in this episode has questioned that phrase, um, or been like, that doesn't make any sense. Because we all kind of know what that means, right? We're all sort of familiar with that experience. But let's just get really literal for a second. What does that mean? I'm not good enough. Good enough for what? In the English language, the word enough needs a, a comparison. It's not enough. You know, um, my, um, you know, my, uh, I don't know, insecure statement. Um, My legs are too fat. Okay, too fat for what? That's not a statement. Do you know what I mean? I'm not good enough, not good enough for what? For whom? I'm not good enough to compete in the, you know, US Open in tennis. That is a true statement about me. I am not (laughs) a good enough tennis player to compete at the U.S. Open because I've never played tennis. That is a correct usage of the term good enough. I am not good enough to do this. My legs are too fat to fit into size zero jeans. That's a statement. Ah, okay, they're too fat to do that. I got it. Okay. Um, Too fat, too fat for what? 
right? Not good enough for whom? So if, if there's a statement like that in there, if one of these is really resonating with you, ask yourself whose voice that is. You know, oh, you're not good enough. If, you hear, if you're one of those people who hears that in your head all the time, holy shit, you guys, I used to hear that in my head all the time, all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, you're not good enough. What, is, what does that mean? So eventually someone asked me, they're like, whose voice is that? And of course I answer mine because that's what it sounds like. If it weren't yours, whose would it be? Go young. First thing off the top of your head, whose voice is that? Right? And it's usually a parent or a teacher sometimes from a very, very early age. But like this stuff, this stuff happens young. Okay. Um, so it'll usually be a parent. Um, and then, you know, what, what gave you that impression? Who did you hear say that? Because you're carrying around someone else's voice in the form of an I'm not good enough. And it's leading to all these issues with women. Okay. So here's how you know that's, a, that's an image, that that's a belief. Because if you truly, if you personally felt that you were not good enough to do something, you would just become better at it. I'm not confident. You know what? I'm not confident enough. I think I'm going to become more confident. Because the, the phrasing of the word, I'm not confident enough, indicates that y- you want to be more confident. So if that were a genuine desire that were solely yours, you would, you would just fix it. You would just be more confident, not ju- just be, or you would learn, you know, I'm going to go learn to be more confident, whatever, right? And it would change for you and that would no longer be your reality. So the fact that you're carrying it around indicates that it's someone else's voice. And it's not really that you believe that you're not good enough. It's that you're afraid that you're not good enough. Someone said that at a very early age, right? Or whatever your phrasing is, you know, um, I'm unlovable. I'm not enough, you know, whatever. Somebody said that at a young age and you brought, you, you took it on, right? So now, of course, it sounds like it's your voice because you've, you've, um, you know, embedded it in your system. You've grown up with it. It's, it's, it's your reality now, but it's core. It's actually not, right? You're afraid that that's the case on some level. And so you sort of project it everywhere and, and you, you prove yourself right. And then it hurts. And then you go out to someone else and you try again and you prove yourself right. And then it hurts. So that's why I don't deal in tips and tricks. That's why I don't tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about, you know, my clients about what to say when they approach a woman, but that's not the source of your difficulties, right? Because if you had no confidence issues whatsoever, you would march up to a woman with absolutely nothing to say in your head and you would do just fine, right? So, so what I really want to impart here, you know, especially with this, this not good enough um, type of work is, you know, if that's the kind of thing that you, that you hear in your head, if there are patterns in your life, if there are negative self-talk that you hear, here's the invitation. Here's my invitation to you. You've been running from this for your entire life. Don't worry about contradicting it. Don't spend your time saying, I am good enough because your system says that's bullshit. It does. You know, you're not going to believe yourself. These are much, much, much deeper than just me being like, I feel great about myself today, even though you feel like shit. No, you don't. You feel like shit. So instead of that, here's my invitation. Turn and face it. Just, just turn and face it. In those moments when you hear that voice says, I'm not good enough. Face it, stop your day, turn your focus to that voice and go, why not? And watch what happens. Because these, these uh, fears and beliefs, they feed off of, not feed, but when you, um, when you believe them, when you put stock in them, they get stronger, right? The more you, it, this is like a, a Tinkerbell and, and, and Peter Pan thing. If you believe, <laughs> then she's real. And if you don't, she's not. So these fears that you're carrying around, they don't actually exist on their own. If you were to stop putting stock in them right now, 
your life would change so fucking quickly. I can barely even tell you. So try turning and facing. Just challenge it. Really? I'm not good enough? Not good enough for what? What makes you say that? Who are you? I'm not afraid of you anymore. Come into the light. Okay? Find the places in your system, guys, in your mind that are dark places that you don't want to go and risk, risk going there. It's never as bad as you think. Never. And it opens the door to more transformation, more attraction, more confidence, more self-love, more empowerment, and a more, you know, fulfilled and happy life and fulfilled and happy relationship than you can possibly imagine now. So give that a try. And then come find me on Facebook and write on my page and let me know what your results were. I'd love to hear. So thank you guys so much for joining me today. Again, this is Dominique Drew with The Art of Attraction. Um, If you want to find out more, uh, come check me out, dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. Thanks so much, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and download any podcast episodes you like. Thanks so much. Bye, all. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, And most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.